Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Uh, welcome to Countercharge. Uh, I'm Rose Gregory. And I'm Matt Croger. Tonight we are joined by the speed painting extraordinaire Rose Gregory. For those of you who are totally unengaged in the scene, you may not have noticed the pictures of the massive Northern Alliance army that Rose was putting together to speed paint during a challenge for charity. Thanks for joining me for this chat, Rose. Definitely. Glad to be here. Um, so today, Rose is going to take me through uh, understanding Twitch as a platform, how she uses it, and all about this amazing challenge she's just completed. Um, but first of all, Rose, we normally start with a hobby catch-up, but realistically, I'm guessing that that Northern Alliance army you were working on was your hobby, so we might we might save that for later in the chat. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm highly doubtful you had any other hobby going on on the side of that. <laughs> So um, so first off, why don't we just find out a little bit more about you? Uh, why don't you start about with where you're from? Yeah, so um, I'm from uh, the UK, so down in England on the south coast. Okay, and is is there much of a gaming community around you? Uh, there is and there's not. It, it depends on the situation, depends on days, really, um, depending on what clubs are open, what game stores are open, really depends on uh, essentially what types of community you get down there. But there's... There's a pretty big one in each sort of like game system out there. Yeah, okay. And how did you originally get into tabletop gaming? Uh, I got into tabletop gaming now 18 years ago um, through uh, mental health. Um, and I found it helped uh, keep me at a calm sort of advantage and kept me focused on stuff. Yeah, right. That's really interesting. And um, uh, for I mean, our listeners won't know this, but we're actually going to do an episode on mental health in the future because mm. I think it's a, you know, it has been or is a problem for a lot of us. So that's that's I find that really interesting. So did you find it yourself, or did someone get you into it, or? Um, I was in town as a kid with like parents as you normally do, um, out for a day out, and I sort of like stumbled across. Um, it was actually a games workshop was my first sort of managers. Um, and it was just like, oh, let's see what this is about sort of thing as a kid, all excited, get to paint something. And now, 18 years later, I'm still going. Yeah, great. And so is what is it about the tabletop gaming that kind of helps you keep healthy or helped you keep healthy at that stage? Was it the, was it the hobby side or the actual gaming side? What did you find it, most about it? It was... It was more the hobby side, um, with like obviously with the painting aspect um, and the building. It would just help stimulate and keep my mind off of uh, with the mental health stuff. It would keep me in sort of like a reality sort of thing instead of wandering off in a, a false reality. And when did you first learn about Kings of War? Uh, I learned about Kings of War now about four years ago. Um, and I was talking to some friends about it. We were... Uh, like, oh, let's get into it. But none of us really took the dive into it. Um, and I, I bit the bullet around about now four months ago. Uh, 
So I started off by buying uh, the Warren Holds uh, with uh, Rackton and Gobbos. And then I bought two boxes of Shadow in the North um, for Nightstalkers and Northern Alliance. I then bought a 2000 point uh, Basilian Army. And then I kind of went over the top of Northern Alliance. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd say. uh, How many points was that in the end that you bought of Northern Alliance? Uh, with upgrades, 18,000 points. Wow, that's incredible. So it's um, it's fair to say that in the last four months, you haven't gone about it slowly. <laughs> no, I've still got another 10,000 points to add. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And um, so given it's so recent and given that you are a Twitch streamer, um, how are you finding, and the stuff you've bought from Mantic has mostly been a little bit of their newer stuff, how are you finding the quality compares compared to the other stuff you paint? and have played uh with quality aspects um i prefer there's a lot more detail in it um it's a lot more easier to work with um to paint to prime all of that sort of stuff the packaging seen from the companies i have used the packaging is a lot better than what other companies use um but i think that's just more of a personal preference i like it all to be together not all out all over the place in the box i like it to be nice and bagged up neat and that's one one of the things what I like about uh, with Mantic, especially with the Kings of War range, is just how neat it is and just straight to the point. Yeah. Okay. Do you find uh, not having any instructions an issue? Nope. Uh, I'm actually a, a kit basher, so I convert a lot of stuff anyway. In general, I've mixed uh, Kings of War parts with uh, Warhammer 40,000, 40k, Age uh, of Sigma. So uh, kit bashers is something I've always done. And it's something that uh, King's War, I find, is a, a, it brings a new meaning to kitbashing because there's just so many more potentials and different poses and all the weapons you can do. So it's a lot more fun. Yeah, okay. And have you actually played many games of King's of War or is it mostly painting so far? Uh, I've never pay, played a game. Yeah, right. Okay. Surprisingly, so you've never um, played the game but painted 20,000 no. points. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I, I've read through the rule book and everything. Uh, I've got friends that are now hopping into it. Uh, I have a friend who's doing Ratkin, um, who's dived heavily deep into it. Another friend is doing Night Stalkers, and we're all getting extremely heavy into it very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already planned my next two armies ready to go. So, but yeah. I haven't played a game, but I cannot wait to play a game. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. When it comes to it, like obviously you've got heaps of the Northern Alliance. From what you've seen in those box sets, is that your favourite range or or what? what's your favourite? Uh, I think like with Northern Alliance, um, it's more the aesthetic and the way they look. Um, with them being like more in the like ice sort of, uh, sort of uh, way especially with the elements as well. Um, I thoroughly enjoy painting those up and I want to get some of the other elements as well. Mm-hmm. But my favourite range at the minute uh, would have to be Abyssal Dwarfs. Yeah, right. Okay. For me. Yep. Yeah, I think I was um, I think I was on Twitch the other night when you were talking about you looking through the website and you just keep getting drawn back to that range. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what Definitely. do you think it is about that range? I think for me, um, it just reminds me so much of um, old school fantasy, and that's one of the reasons why I like Kingdoms of War. Um, but essentially, just the way it's—it's it's just a nice feel to it. It feels comfortable, and 
for me to get into an army very heavily, I have to feel comfortable. It's there's a lot of planning that goes into it as well. Mm. But if I can't connect with that army or I can't connect with a few of the units, then I don't tend to put that much thought into it. Whereas if I can connect with the army or the essentially the range, as with the Northern Alliance, it goes a bit out of control. Yep. <laughs> and and that connection, is that purely based on aesthetic or or do you get into the fluff and reading about it or what what's that based on? Uh, more the aesthetic and like the way it's painted and then I sort of like come up and like, okay, what, what way can I do it differently? How can I make it quick and simple? Mm. Uh, and essentially just like that. And when you said it's got that more connection to old school fantasy, that's aesthetic as well. So like it trends towards what we used to see rather than that more futuristic fantasy look. Is that correct? Yes. I grew up with old school fantasy and King's War just brings back a lot of good memories from childhood. Uh, just playing with friends and hanging out and having a laugh. So that's one reason why I connect with King's War in just a whole general sort of purpose way because it just brings back memories as a kid. Yeah. Okay. And having not played a game, I mean, what, what have you? What What's really grabbed you about Kings? Is it just that? Like, what? What's the one thing that's pulled you in? Uh, one book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Just the one book, and not having to go down and buy several other books. Yeah. And for myself, um, <clears throat> oh sorry, um, I suffer with dyslexia um, and dyscalculia, so I I struggle with it quite badly and the rule set is just so easy to follow yeah and i don't get that confused of it but even if i do it's it's very like the next paragraph will actually explain what i got confused about and it's just so easy to follow and read yeah and that, that's the main thing for me yeah i totally agree with that and i think once you actually get to play a game you'll probably find it even easier because it's one of those games you could you could almost not read the book and learn it on the tabletop you know with if you, if, you, if you had a good teacher Definitely. I'm looking at going to tournaments straight off the back. So, Yeah, and have you ever been a competitive gamer before, or do you just see a tournament as kind of a way to get multiple games in a day? I, I would sound competitive, but I have got that side to me, uh, just from <laughs> any sort of like tabletop side. At the minute, I'm undefeated from in four years from any tabletop that I've played. So wow. I, I don't go competitive. I go sort of, let's just put a bunch of stuff together that doesn't work. There's no synergy but it works <laughs> sort of thing. That, that seems to be how my lists go. Nothing works on paper, yep. but on tabletop, it just works so well. People just can't handle it. Yeah. So maybe you're a bit of a gaming savant. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I will say. <laughs> now um, we've had a few people talking about Twitch lately. And most recently, one of the Kings of War American community, Matt Carmack streamed um, some of the masters via Twitch as a platform. Um, but really, I'm a Twitch noob. I uh, I literally only signed up to start watching your challenge. So what I'd like to do for the listeners is explore Twitch as a platform a bit. So can you can you tell me a little bit more about Twitch, what it is and how it works? Yeah, so um, the way Twitch is, is essentially so like you would go live as if you were on like Facebook or Instagram, something like that, and you people can earn points uh, when you hit a certain uh uh, essentially a certain state in Twitch because um, you start off essentially where you just do casual streams as and when you can you have to hit certain criteria to get to the next stage uh, with myself I'm an affiliate so people can subscribe can donate bits and stuff like that 
and it will like give them emotes and then it also helps me out as well because it then essentially means I can get more stuff for the channel whether it's uh, miniatures or by upgrading the equipment uh, and Twitch is just a, a nice good little community sort of aspect I've been on Twitch now just actually celebrated my two-year anniversary on there at uh, the same time as last week actually with the um, event we were doing uh, it's just been great fun on there and you meet so many good people and it's just a way for all the community to sort of like come together from all around the world and I've met so many great people doing it and it essentially just makes it's sort of like a family yeah which okay. is now yeah and so there is like there is a, a revenue model sitting behind that mm-hmm. is that right but but like there's also an ex- an exchange for that revenue i guess is a good way yes. might be a good way of putting it like if someone subscribes i'm assuming twitch gets mm-hmm. a cut you get a cut but then the channel also gets benefits is that right yeah essentially so if someone subscribes um twitch get a cut and obviously uh myself would get a cut but then what that allows me to do is uh put emotes and stuff like that on so for at the minute if someone subscribes to a tier one sub they get five emotes just straight out the back and then obviously there's a tier two and a three so you get the additional two and it's sort of like a reward for like essentially not so much a reward but it's like it, you're supporting a channel so this is our way of giving them match you and then the more subscribers you get the more emotes you can put on more emotes slots you get the more things we can do and stuff like that yeah okay and emotes basically just being a visual way that people can interact with you like yes like, like a like a more complex emoji basically yeah pretty much yeah yeah okay all right and so in versus subscribing because so what i've seen is you can basically follow for free right but then yes. there's a subscription model which is what a monthly subscription uh yes is it can be a you can have it as as far as i'm aware um, you can uh, do it with your Amazon Prime, uh, where Twitch is associated with Amazon. And then you can also do it for a rolling on like, sort of direct debit sort of thing each month or you can do it as a one-off payment and stuff like that. So there's various different ways you can do it. Uh, myself, I, I never really ask for it. And that's just pretty much the sort of person I've been. Yeah, yeah. And from what I've seen, I've never asked, seen you ask for a subscription when... um no. When you're on, although uh, Mr. Luke Schaefer gifted me a subscription, I think, to you. So thank yes. you, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is probably another important point. So if there are people watching and they think, you know, oh, you should watch more of this guy, they can gift you a subscription. And I guess I guessing the whole idea of that subscription model is signalling to Twitch people want to see more of this person. Yeah, it helps you go up on the rankings and stuff like that. Um, same with hosts. Host is another thing that if you're if you're not a streamer or if you're not streaming, you can go on someone's channel, host them. Their content will then be on that person's channel. Mm-hmm. So you're effectively around more channels, and the more people that host you, the more channels you're on. That means the more up the food chain you go, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. And so and so, what are the various levels you managed? You mentioned you're an affiliate, so that's an affiliate for Twitch. Yes. Yep. So what are the kind of levels and, and what does that mean to the audience? Uh, so the other level as well that they do do as a partner. Uh, yep. And with partner, that means they take a less of a cut and you get more of the money. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you go into like a contract or something like that with the, with um, Twitch themselves. And each contract for each partner is different. 
mm-hmm. depending on obviously what they're doing as well. Um, and that's the second, that's the second stage. And pretty much after that, you can, after so many years or however many or whenever it is, um, they, they do have an option of actually signing you permanently to the platform, uh, under a like two year contract or something like that. Whereas affiliate and partner, you can actually give that up. You don't have to go for it or you can have it and then say, you know what? I want to come off of being an affiliate or I want to come off of being a partner. There's nothing the platform can do. Whereas if you tied into a contract with them for X amount of years, you can't terminate it unless it's like a breach or anything like that. Yeah, wow. Okay. And so is your goal out of Twitch to get to partner level or, or what do you want to get out of Twitch? Um, for me, what I want to get out of Twitch is just really just spreading the hobby more than anything. Spreading the hobby, helping people, giving back to the community uh, like I've been doing for the past four years. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. And uh, so you mentioned you've been streaming on Twitch for a couple of years now and, and yes. you've mentioned that kind of you feel like Twitch is a bit of a family. What, in, in your eyes, what is the main idea of Twitch? Is it for streaming games? Is it for hobby? Is it for everything? Like, where do you see tri- Twitch best used? Uh, I, I see Twitch best used. It's not just like the game and a hobby. It's more of just a place where people can hang out and just have a laugh with people and chat with people that maybe they share something in common with either the content or whether it's a, a game they're playing or a miniature or any form of hobby. But it's just somewhere where people can chat and have a laugh with people, meet new people. And especially for myself, I suffer with social anxiety and anxiety Mm. uh, problems. So meeting people face-to-face in person is very difficult, whereas on the platform, you don't have that stress, that worry. You can sit there and do something you enjoy, but still socialize with people. And it sort of takes the stress away. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because I think a lot of gamers have social anxiety and and I think, you know, some people would argue that kind of being behind a keyboard means you might never learn the skills. But conversely, those people might then never interact at all if they didn't have that ability to get behind a computer. Um, So I think for a lot of people, it is a really good way to interact. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's helped me out in a lot of ways. It has. Yeah, and I think, you know, as long as people realise, I guess, that uh, the way people sound doesn't always translate to what they actually mean. And I say sound in inverted commas because we're typing it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, now you've got about 3,500 followers, which is pretty impressive. Well done. How did you go about building up that kind of following on Twitch? So up until four months ago, uh, funny enough, on the so it was four months when uh, yourself and Mantic and Ronnie and everyone come into the chat. So the Friday before the event, uh, four months prior to that, I was only sitting at uh, 348 followers, and I had Dave from Mini Wargaming come in. Yep. And I blew up from 348 to 3.2k in 48 hours. Wow. And that was just because I was doing my normal thing. He was like coming in doing like oh yeah the Aya Terrace Zool. Uh, like he normally does and we were chatting and they were like oh so what are you doing I was like well I'm working on a free commission for someone and they were like wait you do commissions for free I was like yeah I've been doing them for four years for free and I use my own personal miniatures for the for the um, commissions as well so I even supplied the miniatures myself and he gave me a shout out on his Twitter and I just tried to you didn't have to do that like I just do this because I like I like doing it I love 
doing this for the community and helping provide for people. Mm. And next thing I know, it just blew up from there. And since then, I can't even walk down to my local game store without being noticed. And it's uh, it's it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and it's nice. To, it's nice to now that people actually see what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, whereas before they didn't really notice. Mm. Um, but that's basically how that happened. Was um, Dave from the Wargaming came in, and from there I've just been going up and up and up over the past four year, four months. Wow, that's a really rapid change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we Dave from any war makers like the king or queen maker. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's really good. And particularly, you know, it's nice when people get rewarded when they're doing something, you know, that's genuine for the community, I think. I don't think we see enough of that. So, you know, hopefully it allows you to keep doing it more. Definitely. It helps me push forward more. Uh, cause, uh, unfortunately, I, I do have a lot of health conditions. So each day is sort of a touch and go day for me. And I, essentially, I'm on borrowed time, we'll call it, uh, because right. of how serious my health is. So me giving back to the community and doing things for the community makes me feel better because it means then I'm doing something good with my life yep. instead of like wasting it away, essentially. Yeah. And and this is like hobby is basically your day to day. Is it, Rose? Yes. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not sleeping, I'm painting. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and as we know from the big challenge, you don't do a lot of sleeping. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Not at all. I think I was probably getting between two to three hours each day. Yeah. Um, very little. So it's it, it's the pleasure of being an insomniac as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what the listeners haven't heard yet is that I buggered up the timing for this. So Rose has kindly come on at five o'clock in the morning because yes. I thought I thought I'd set up the timing for five p.m. her time. So. <laughs> Yeah, I did get a bit confused. Like, Hang it, it's midnight. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I know that's uh, <laughs> so it's my, it's my, my own idiocy. Yep, <laughs> it's completely fine as. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as a user, when I've gone onto Twitch, I I have found kind of the interface and everything a little bit overwhelming. You know, there's all these emotes. Uh, you're earning points for watching a channel. I forget what they're called. There seem to be bots that do things for you, the streamer, but then other bots that come into the channel. I kind of yes. don't. I kind of don't get it. Can you take me through some of the, like the the stuff that's in Twitch yeah. and, and what we're yeah. seeing? So you have essentially bots that help the streamer out. So that can be from doing shout outs for other streamers um, that are in the chat, or they can help you run. Uh, so the one I specifically use, uh, we can run three mini games, and people can like have fun, enjoy the mini games, but then also and the giveaways and the bot helps you track that sort of stuff. Okay. Also helps you keep track of like who's in the channel and then at the same time who subs, who follows, uh, hosts, raids, all of that sort of thing. But then you have these other bots that come in that are essentially they're the we call them they're basically the wannabe famous bots and they are unfortunately they are scams and people fall for them and they actually click the link and actually buy followers and stuff like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, the people that do. Um, the streamer that actually does this then suffers because they get strikes on their name, they'll have their channel possibly taken down, and all these bots keep coming in, but unfortunately uh, Twitch can't do anything about them because they have their own bots also out protecting people, doing the DMC strikes and stuff like that. So if they stop bots coming in, they stop not just these bots that are doing the scams, they stop their bots, and then they stop the streamer's bots that are helping them create 
an easier stream so they don't have to worry about so much. Yeah, okay. And it, and it seems like the some of the bots are, are verbally controlled. Is that right? So they're listening and basically, so when I've been watching your channel, it's, you know, can I get a shout out for, you know, let's just say it's Warlander TV, you know, and then it appears in the chat. So they're, they're verbally controlled and do things for you in the chat. Is that right? Uh, yes, within, yeah, within reason. So the, the one that I switched, uh, so the one that I use and most people use, uh, we can set up commands. So when we ask for like, the, the shout outs and stuff like that, it will set that people will put exclamation mark SO and then the person's name and that will then bring out a sort of a text saying that it follows a free and stuff like that. And then it will have their specific link to their channel. So if you click the link, it goes direct to them. So then they can watch them. And then there's also other ones where you can do it so it triggers a sound as well. So you can have like sound alerts and stuff like that. But then you can have other ones that are like one of the ones that I use and that a few other streamers use is the lurk command. And this just lets us know that if you're lurking in the background or you've got stuff away from the PC or Twitch itself, we know you're there. And it helps us as well because then we know you're lurking. You haven't just like sort of gone off. But then we do have uh, people that don't use the command lurk, but we still know they're there because obviously we have the bots and everything. We can see who's in the chat. We have moderators. So we still get a good idea of who's there. And it's it's sort of the bots are there to protect, but also have fun with. Yeah, okay. And it, and it seems to be on average a reasonably well-protected platform, like it, it's reasonably clean yeah. for, for want of a better way of pointing it. Is that is yeah. that fair? <laughs> Yeah. Within reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Twitch does have their problems, but at the same time, it's it's one of few bad eggs that you can't... We find it very difficult because it is only those a select few people that have maybe caused problems on the platform and this and the other. But when we find out about it or we know about like, a specific username going around causing problems in like, the hobby community, all the streamers will say, Look, watch out for this this name, and it would get passed around all the Discord servers, all the Twitch groups. So then we are aware of it. So we all sort of combine together and stay as one. Yeah, right. So the community does a pretty good job of yeah. protecting itself as well. Yeah, we do a lot of protection of ourselves, uh, more than actually Twitch does sometimes. Um, we take it into our own hands and just protect other streamers, especially people that are coming on the platform, because we know how difficult it is. And we don't want to basically see them stop streaming because of, someone said something out of place yeah yep okay and so when i'm watching the channel i see these raid things happening yes what are they so raids are a similar thing to a host but a raid is when a person is streaming themselves and they've just finished the stream so they bring every single one of their people that were watching them straight over to your channel and they just watch you as well so the numbers increase and decrease obviously with depending on the size of the raid and then they all at the same time as the raid happening you also be promoted on their channel yeah right okay so it's a way of um it's a way of other streamers helping each other out in terms of trying to get followers and subscribers and things like that yeah and essentially helping out people that are just joining the platform trying to get them to that first hurdle of getting the 50 followers so they can then start ticking things off for the affiliate um program yeah essentially. okay all right. Um, and so what exactly when you're streaming, like what exactly does Twitch use? Is it a, Does it use a third-party software that then goes into Twitch or is it directly into Twitch? You know, how, how does that recording side work? 
so I use quite a few different programs. Mm-hmm. So I use um, Streamlabs OBS. Some people use just OBS. And what this allows us to do is record everything, add scenes, go live. We can connect it to our Facebooks, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, pretty much most of the platforms. And then I use their specific cloud bot. Yeah. At the same time, I then run a music program uh, called Pretzel Rocks, and that's all copyright-free music, and we can play it all day long, and we're all safe. We don't have to worry about DMCs or anything like that. And yeah. then at the same time as that, I then run a mini game uh, called Stream Raiders that allows uh, the chat and myself to interact with each other, go through missions and quests and maps, and just have a fun and just earn rewards just from that alone. Okay, so, so, so a yeah, lot of programs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so that I'm imagining that would re- require a fair bit of power behind that. So in terms of computer and screens and as well as I'm assuming running your cameras and microphones, yes. what, what, what's the setup kind of like? Uh, so I run a Ryzen 5 quad-core gaming PC. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, I have one monitor, a Logitech C920, a, a 10-pound webcam from Amazon and a mm-hmm. DSLR microphone. Yeah, that's right. what okay. I use. That's what I use. One screen. Yeah, wow. Okay, I'm I'm assuming that that one screen thing though would be a little unusual for Twitch streamers, <laughs> with all, running all that stuff. Or, or yeah, quite a few people I know use two. Um, myself, if I need to load up another screen, I will load up my tablet, put it by the side of me, so I have my Twitch channel, so I can monitor the chat, but also at the same time do anything I need to do, whether it's a a piece of software has gone down or there's been an issue with the mic or the camera and it's shut down. We can sort it out very quickly while still having a chat open. So we don't have to worry about like people feeling ignored. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so how many hours per day would you normally stream? I stream 12 hours a day, Monday to Thursday. Wow. Okay. All right. And and do you think there's uh, anything else you could tell us about Twitch that would be give us a bit of an insight into the platform? I'm not quite sure because it is very overwhelming when you first go onto it and sign up and stuff like that. Mm. But at the same time, it's like it's just one big community there. Um, everyone tries to stick together. Unfortunately, you do get the bad eggs like you do in most things. But we all try and do our best and basically make it a good place for people to come and hang out, basically. Well, now that we've uh, learned a bit more about Twitch, why don't we explore this challenge you recently completed? So, <laughs> yeah, this lunatic challenge. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell us about it and how it came to be. Uh, it came about, uh, we wanted to do a charity event, and at the same time, uh, we were running a event in a Discord uh, called Collector's Vision. And what this was, was this was a seasonal thing every six months, we would run and this season was paint up a 2000 point army. And then at the end of the year, so December the 31st, we get pictures, put it to a vote and then someone would win a prize. Essentially it would all go down to a Instagram vote or a Twitch vote, whichever one we can do, whichever is easier. And it's a way of helping people essentially going through, get making sure getting armies painted up regardless of what game system Mm -hmm. I went Let's do something a bit crazy. Let's go this many points. Um, the original list was actually 20, uh, 20k. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get as much as I wanted by the event, uh, for the charity. And it was like, let's just do it in seven days. And yeah, 
went from there really <laughs> i didn't really think yeah, about it yeah. didn't have a plan it was let's build it all build it all in three days and then get it done in seven yeah wow okay so essentially it was the better part of 20 20 20 000 points in in seven days yes yeah and so now during the challenge you were doing it for a charity and you had a donation link tell us a little yes. bit about the charity you were doing it for so the charity i was doing it for was a charity called youth pwr and what that does is they help young people get out of gangs, crime, drink drugs off the streets from homelessness and provides them a better sort of way of life from education, support housing, getting them into a safe environment so they can move on and create a better life for themselves. And then they work with community centres and they're looking at going into schools and doing talks to try and show people that there isn't a way smoking, doing drugs and drink doing the crime, getting into gang stuff that's not the way that is a better life for you. Yeah, wow. So really, really worthy char- charity trying to trying to. I connect, yeah, I connect with it very well because uh, I'm actually in recovery myself. I've been in there four years now. Yeah, wow. Well done. And is that link still valid, Rose? Yes, the link will be permanently valid. Okay. All right. So let, we, we'll put it in the show notes for anyone that may wish to say, you know, well done to Rose for her efforts and help support that charity. Um, good time for people to put a bit of put a bit of money in to help others. And so, when it came to doing the challenge, how did you arrive at Northern Alliance being the army you wanted to do? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially, I've got four armies. Let's just pick one. Let's just go Northern Alliance because I like the way of it. For me, it felt very like Celtic sort mm-hmm. of as, aspect of it, and. I was just instantly drawn to the Northern Alliance. Um, the things that sold it for me was the frost fangs and the ice elements. And then basically went from there. <laughs> I, I watched a little bit of the stream. And obviously, you know, when we say seven days, you managed to paint for the majority of those days. So it is a huge amount of hours. Yeah, but... it was uh, 157 and a half hours, 1,370 miniatures. Yeah, wow. I mean... To me, I, if I try and paint with quality, and that that ends up very slow. So tell us, tell us about your techniques that allow you to get them painted so quickly. What what tips have you got for people to help them speed paint? So the way I speed paint, um, I'm actually going to be doing a. It's one of my recordings I've got to do this week actually. I do a, a thing called a two-step uh, program essentially. So it's your base and your wash, and that's your tabletop ready to go. And then yep. what I then do is I then spend the next coming weeks or months going in, doing all the highlights, picking out details, and then bringing it up at an extra notch. Uh, I'm more of a let's buy an army in the morning, get it done by the next morning, ready for a tournament that day. <laughs> and so, and when you say that, so with your base colours, then if you're putting a wash over them, do you try and um, say pick a much brighter base colour that then, so when you wash, it doesn't dull too much? Do you have any techniques around that? Nope, I no. have no techniques around that at all. It's just grab what catches my eye and grab, and I don't plan any of my colour schemes or anything. It's just, oh yeah, that looks kind of cool. Let's do that. I'll just grab that colour, let's grab that colour, and off we go. There's no thought process into it. It's just grab a bunch of colours, see what you can do. 
Okay, and not even like let's just say you are starting on the frost fangs. When you start out on that frost fang and rider, will you go? I'm going to do this color for this, this, and this, or do you literally pick up, do the frost fang first, and then you're like, oh, that grabs me for the rider, and do that next? Pretty much that. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much that. There's just no thought process in any of my sort of color schemes, so it's quite amusing. Okay, so it almost sounds like one of the keys to speed painting is don't have a plan. <laughs> yeah within reason yeah obviously like have some sort of a plan from like taking breaks keeping fluids up making sure your sugar levels are good and then just keep going one of the things that i find very helpful as people would have noticed um i had my a different headset on and i was actually listening to a spotify playlist that i use for my streamer versus streamers and it has a lot of metal and pretty heavy stuff and that's what I find as well as another good thing, having like good music in the background that you can just blank everything else out and just concentrate on that one thing. And so oh, I'm just I'm just fascinated by your process. <laughs> <laughs> so so when when it what about like you do the base coat, right, which jumps yeah. out at you? Is mm-hmm. there any sort of process to selecting the wash that goes over the top? Uh, no, I experiment with anything and everything. I wash brasses with greens, purples, blacks, uh, light browns, oranges. It, I just, just grab something and hope for the best, essentially, <laughs> and, and go from there. And if you're block painting, because obviously speed painting, you need a fair bit of block painting, right? Yes. So, um, how many miniatures will you do at once? And I'm assuming you do like pick your color and you'll go, all right, well, that's my, um, that's my armor color in the way that you do, you know, because I, that's what I picked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and you do all the armor at once on yeah. all the miniatures. Essentially, yeah. So if we take the, the pack hunters I've done, there's 410 of them. I knocked out 360 of those and just one in the Saturday. And I basically spent the entire day dry brushing one color picked out the weapon picked out the hair done a bit of skin popped to one side and i was just batch painting them at 20 uh 20 40 60 man blocks and just cracking on with it wow and so that that actually that was interesting so you said dry brushing so your base coat goes on as a dry brush yes it does right okay and is that hard to control the paint then where it goes it is and it's not. So the reason I do a dry brush first is because then I don't have to worry about getting like the skin. So I, don't, I won't be working on the skin and then go, oh, I've got a dry brush here. I'm worried about hitting the skin. Whereas if I just do a flat dry brush straight away, I can be as messy as I want and still be fast, but then go back, pick out the detail and it's still going to look good. Essentially. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, that's um, it's a bit of an insight into your wild speed painting mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so over the course of that challenge, did you did you end up having a favourite miniature in the Northern Alliance Army? It's still gonna be the Lord on Chimera. Is still my favourite out of them all. Yeah. It was really good fun to paint, and I was able to do a bit more work on that than the others. So I was really yeah. happy with that one. Yeah, I did notice on the stream, you're like, oh, I'm saving this boy as a bit of a treat. And in my head, I'm thinking, Jesus, anything a bloody treat at this point? You know, it's all yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're pretty happy with how everything turned out? Definitely. It went, it went better than I expected. It adds another record under the belt. So for people to try and beat. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, Will, you, you mentioned that typically if you're doing something quickly, you'll go back later and, and layer yep. them up a bit. Are you going to do that with your Northern Alliance? 
Yes, I will be. Uh, I will be trying to get them done pretty much by the end of the year due to I'm actually going to Mantic headquarters. So it'd be quite nice to go up there with the army completely done. And are you going to go individual basing or multi-basing? Multi-basing. Okay. And have you got a have you got a kind of theme in mind for that? What what do you think you're going to do for the basing? Do you tend to get artistic with the bases, or is that about quick and easy as well? Uh, it depends on obviously what it is. So for essentially my monstrous uh, cavalry or like creatures and the ice elements, the trolls and that, I'm planning on doing those in a way where they're sort of on top of the mountain, so it's a lot of slate and rubble. And then mm-hmm. my base sort of guys, my base troops, uh, base infantry will all be on sort of like a, a hillside mixture of like the grass, the dirt and the stones because I'm going to be using um, Geek Gaming Scenics for their stuff yep. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's, I've used their stuff a lot and I can't fault it. It's general. pretty fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I use their black sand with the green shards in for my Necron army. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've um, uh, we've only got one or two distributors in Australia, but um, I so when I buy a bunch, I buy a lot and just load up on it. But I find you know that the tufts and everything are great, and I think the great thing about it, what I like to do with my well, with some of my hobbies, is support those smaller companies as well. Who you know, Luke was someone not unlike yourself that you know started streaming, and then now it's his it's his job. Yeah. I follow. I followed Luke for a while. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to your basing, Rose, that that re- sounded remarkably like a bit of planning. Within reason, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably the only type, the only thing that was actually planned was I wanted all of the bigger stuff to be like on a hillside that's so up in the cliffs with some snow, some slates, some rubble, and then my base guys would be on the ground because I I do have an end goal with it that does link with night stalkers as well. So, okay. All right. So on that, what is next for Rose, Rose Gregory? Uh, next at the minute, uh, I'm actually going to be participating in an event called Sewer September that okay. myself and Warlander TV and a bunch of other people will come together to do, where we spend an entire month painting rats uh, from Mantic, from any sort of company. Warlander's doing the vermin. I'm doing Ratkin. I'm doing an entire army. And then after that, I'm going to be doing an Abyssal Dwarf Army that's the exact same size as the Northern Lights. Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah. But surely not as coming. quickly. Possibly. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I'm not quite sure yet. Okay. All right. And so uh, if people want to follow you, find out a bit more about you, Rose, um, where can they do that? How can they contact you? And I'll obviously put it in the show notes. Yeah, uh, so they can contact me via, obviously, my Twitch account, uh, but also if they don't have Twitch, uh, Instagram, and I also run a YouTube channel with a group of friends called Ohana Hobby Workshops. Okay, and what's your what's your Twitch handle? Uh, so my Twitch handle is Mango Smasher. Okay, all right. Where's the name Mango Smasher come from? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of... It's one of those names that you put into like a games console and go, give me a random name. And that's basically what happened. And it yeah, just right. stuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I originally saw it, I was like, oh, this person's going to be Australian. 
<laughs> as a <laughs> as a mango smasher and then no it was not to be just no. just from the mother country yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so it's typically at this point of the show where we um do a bit of a shout out say thanks to those who you think are worth paying attention to or who might have helped you out do you have anyone or anything you want to shout out rose well thank you for obviously yourself by inviting me on it's been a great talk and the support i've got from the community as well it's been amazing. Um, the person I wish I had was on the TV, very good friend of mine, and we bounce off of each other so much, and he's just a, a great spirit to the Kings War community in general. Yeah, okay. And then from my end with shout-outs, um, we've got lots of content coming out from the Masters, so this might be delayed a little bit, probably out in a couple of weeks. Just keep an eye on our page. We've got a couple of big things coming up, um, so no no real specific shout-outs, but I'd like to say um, thanks very much to you, Rose, um, for, for taking the time to come on, especially when I buggered up the timing of it. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, I look forward to jumping on Twitch a bit more. I, I have... I admit the part of the overwhelming bit of it initially also has me intrigued. So I kind of like, oh, I need to investigate this a little bit more. You know, what else is on here? Um, yeah, you know, um, so I'll definitely be spending a bit more time on Twitch. Um, so thanks again. And would you like to take us out? Uh, yeah, definitely. So until next time, keep counter charging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on countercharge please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on twitter at countercharge15 or by commenting on the countercharge kings of war podcast facebook group if you enjoy the show you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on itunes until next time keep countercharging Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.